Hey there guys, welcome to the Mind Talk podcast, an organization that examines the psychology of upcoming and elite athletes. My name is Nathan and I'm with my co-host Edwin. How are you, Ed? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? Not too bad, as always. You know, just had a little workout beforehand, so can't complain. That's good. Okay, so today, um, this is a very special day. It's our first that we hope of many guests and our guest goes by the name of Dan. So first and foremost, warm welcome to you, Dan. How are you? Hello, hi, thanks for having me on the show. I'm good, thank you. Uh, sounds like a really good uh, podcast you've got going, so glad to be on it. Thank you, thank you. The pleasure is ours. Um, so first and foremost, um, let's go into it. Um, what is your current position? Um, what are you doing right now? So currently in um, around football, I'm currently managing director of uh, my business, which I co-founded called First Goal, which we provide um, sports coaching for kids. Um, I currently work with Queen's Park Rangers as a development coach. Um, and also I work with a local team, Grassroots, called um, Chayside Youth. Um, and those are my current three going, ongoing in football at the moment. Um, really enjoy them all trying to get more going but obviously lockdown is ruining that so um, yeah it's quite hard tough times at the moment for grassroots football okay so um, what were your main motivations for starting your own venture what what, what were the main reasons behind it yeah so it, it kind of went back um, obviously I've got a very big passion for football very big and I um, it started back when I was around 16 and I thought, uh, let me just get a, a summer job. So I've got that in coaching uh, for kids in the summer. Um, and I re realistically, I only got that job because I love football and I wanted to get paid for it. And um, from there, I really felt like, wow, this is actually really fun. It, some people, even if you love football, coaching isn't for them. But for me, I really thought, you know what, I can transfer some of my skills onto these kids. And I, I found a passion for that. Um, with that, I grew over time, over time, just kept grafting with coaching, 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 loved it. Every other job I left, I kept coaching, coaching, coaching. And it got to the stage where I was able to actually build up a client, clientele and start my own business. So I last, uh, was it 2019? I, I left uh, my previous employer and went full-time um, self-employed, which I was, I was proud of. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's how I really started with it. Just yeah. grafted with coaching, had a passion for it and just took it all the way. Yeah. Really good. Um, like coaching young kids, what, what would you say um, you do to help their mentality? Oh, yeah, so that's, that's quite a big one um, in terms of going to the mental, mental side of, the, of, of kids in sport as well. Is that um, what we found, or me and my co-founder, Dev, is that there is a lot of pressure for young kids in, in sport. And usually it's because they're trying to get to an elite level. Um, with us, with First Goal, we stripped that way. So we wanted to create sessions where there's no pressure we want, um, we want 
people to come here and think, okay, I'm going to meet new friends. I'm going to learn to have fun with the ball at my feet. I'm going to learn to get along with people, learn respect. And um, with that, I thought that was a main, main part of what we do. And I think that stripped it away from the elite because uh, there's too much pressure for Lee. I've, I've seen it at QPR. I've had the privilege of watching um, under 18 sessions and that's a very high level. And you can see the pressures they're putting on them. And what you don't want to do is take away the love of the game. Once you take away the love of the game, you've got a massive problem. And these are just kids. Um, and that goes down to a lot of kids suffering mental health. You, I think a lot of people have heard it in football now uh, academy players uh, being released at the age of 16, 17, and all of a sudden their life is just turned upside down. You've had cases of um, young kids taking their lives because of it. And, and it's a serious thing. It is a very serious thing. So mm. I think it is for us, it's so important just to take away the pressure and have an environment where kids can come. Mm. learn football but know that if they make that mistake we want you to make that mistake and we're gonna have fun about it so that is pretty much what we we establish and what we do to help our kids with the mental health and taking away that pressure what type of barriers do you find um are in place um, especially with kids of a young mm. age uh, i think the, a lot of barriers actually in terms of um you can have peer pressure the older the kids get you're dealing with, um, they're really a good kid. They're really good. They turn up for their sessions. They love it. But as soon as their friend comes along, that changes everything. You're battling with the friend now. And you're trying to get into that fo that kid to focus who has a lot of potential. So we, we think peer pressure is a big one. We also think, well, personally, I think um, parents. I think parents is a massive barrier. And with parents, it's just the fact of, getting it into the parents' head that it's bringing your child to coaching and football is not just just something for them. It's something that you should be doing for your child to help them every week, really. Every week, they're sitting in the classroom. Their weeks are very structured and sometimes they just need something to let out. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a requirement. I think it's a must for, for parents having to bring kids to, to any, any sports related, which is good for the health side of it. I think it's very important. Um, so I would put parents as a massive barrier. And if you can crack the, that barrier um, and getting the parents to actually help with kids in sport in terms of them understanding how important it is, I think you're in a good position from there on. 100%. Yeah, I think that was uh, my next question, the role of parents. So how do you um, build those relationships with those parents? Mm, yeah, so uh, I learned that a lot with uh, my company, actually, with First Goal, I think, because um, I deal with a lot of the business side of it as well. I'm dealing with a lot of the parents. So I get to talk to the parents a lot, uh, speak to them, how things working for them. Um, but in terms of uh, football in general, parents are probably one of the biggest parts, especially in grassroots. They, they are pretty much everything. They are um, they're as big as the club owner, in my eyes. Um, they're there, they're, they're like your supporters. Um, they're there to make a fuss sometimes. They're there to give you encouragement sometimes. 
and they're there to provide the kids as well, which is really, really big. So um, building relationships with them, I found um, challenging in some parts because you have some parents that are there demanding that their kid makes it as a professional footballer. <laughs> and you're trying to just bring that down a bit, just bring that down. And obviously that goes back to the last question about pressure, which you yeah. don't want to have at such a young age. Um, but also rewarding as well, because you have parents coming along and they're getting into what you're, the information you're providing in terms of keeping the kids safe, uh, making sure that fun comes first. And you see a change with that. And, and I really like, well, especially the parents that I've worked with, how they've come along and how they supported us and what we do. Yeah. Um, so I think parents is a massive, massive role. Mm. Um, and you just got to speak to them. Got to be honest with them. You got to be sh firm with them, strict. I've been at matches with under nines, under eights, and a kid has missed a chance and he's gone mad. <laughs> and you've had to, it's not me, it's the other coach from as well that has stepped up and just said, this is kids learning. Mm. There's no reason to be getting mad in this situation. Mm. So, um, and that actually told him as well. So he, he thought to himself, you know what? They're, they're right, I need to take a step back. Yeah. So it's just letting them know, making them aware of what kids football um, or kids sport is actually about. Okay. Now we all love a Hollywood story where, you know, someone from your academy goes on to become, you know, a global star. Um, but I think what's important and what you have constantly reiterated is just kids having fun. So in terms of mini success stories where maybe you've just, I don't know, um, boosted the confidence of a young child, do you have any stories that you would like to share? Mm, yes, I've got um, quite a few of those. And this is why I love, love the first goal is that you're bringing in kids who most of the time at a young age lack a lot of confidence. Uh, they've never played the sport. They never thought about playing a sport. Mm. Um, so that is part of the challenge. And I, that's all a part of coaching. It's not just about um, getting the, the best players. It's how you can deal with what's in front of you. Um, and that just grows you as a coach. So we've had, um, there was two kids actually that come on top of my head and they came to um, our sessions just for, for, I think their parents kind of forced them, which is not too bad, um, but you can tell they didn't really want to be there. Yeah. Um, after, let's say about six months, they've got into our sessions, they're enjoying them, they're starting to join them every week, they're progressing, enjoying and loving the game. And our sessions aren't just about learning, practicing skills. It might be a, a little game called Foxes and Squirrels where you're trying to grab someone's bib um, it's all interaction games and things like that. Um, so you started to see them to enjoy it. So we have tournaments every year, um, which we enter just for fun, see if kids they want to join in. Uh, we play against other teams. We're not an actual team ourselves, yeah. um, but we can get them into tournaments. So we asked the parents of these two kids and they, they wanted to come, which was a good sign, first of all. Mm. At the end of the tournament, there was one of the kids who was picked out by one of the coaches saying he was outstanding. 
And for me and the other coaches, uh, we vouched that that was a very proud moment. And he did have a great uh, tournament. He was a goalkeeper and he was at the age of six at that time. Absolutely brilliant. So um, he... I think his mum was so happy. He started to come to more sessions. And I think for us, that's a big success story that we changed someone's mentality so young. Yeah. Thinking that I'm never going to play football. Like, I'm not like the other kids. So actually giving it a go and looking the part out there. So I think that's one of our best, biggest success stories. Yep. Other ones are to do with behaviour. We have kids that come in. Um, thinking they're the, the bad guys coming into the sessions. Um, <laughs> we, have a, we have a great coach um, who will put you in your place if you are like that. And that is good because it teaches the, the respect part of it. We won't treat you like your teacher would in a school. We'll actually teach you that if you're messing up here, we're going to make your life just as bad in here as well. <laughs> quickly, especially for the older kids, they start thinking, you know what, I can't mess about here. I'm going to be made a fool. So it's, I think we've had a lot of kids that's come in from that background and quickly changed, yeah. changed them um, for the better. I think KPR was challenging. KPR was dealing uh, with a lot of kids from White City. Um, and you find those kids are a bit more challenging to deal with. And it's just trying to unlock different parts um, of their brain, really, trying to get it at them saying that obviously working with QPR is much different. You've got a massive opportunity because you're yeah. in front of being quite range of coaches. Um, but not only that is that they do have a lot of potential. So it's, it's um, a, lot of, a lot of wins from that, I would say. Mm. Mm. So in terms of, I guess, from the mental aspect, how important do you think it is in general for young people to participate in sports? Oh, I, th- I think for me, absolutely crucial, absolutely crucial. Um, there's, you could tell by, let's say, going back a couple of years where it was quite big that um, there was a lot of youth violence and uh, things like that. A lot of kids supposedly suffering from mental health um, issues that will lead them into youth violence as well. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think that you have to have a passion at a young age. You have to have a passion, whether it is sport, maybe it's a music lesson, maybe it's going to a maths class. Um, for me, it was sport. And it's just getting, as I said, the parents to understand that to help your child, taking them to football classes is a massive help. Taking them to a basketball class if they enjoy it is a massive help. And I think that just relates to them having something else to look up to other than maybe their friend that wasn't, isn't the right friend for them. Mm. Having a coach in front of them that is teaching them to have fun in a lesson, trying to be close to them. I think that is probably one of the biggest areas if you're going to tackle any kind of youth problems it's just getting them to have a passion for sport yeah passion for going to after school activities um and I think that's crucial I think we had one of the kids who we are currently doing private sessions for um and he actually spoke to his parents and his 
parents was like, uh, who's the most important people in your life at the moment? So he put in his parents, obviously. He put in one of his friends and he put in one of our coaches. Oh <laughs> <laughs> he's he's an eight, eight, nine-year-old uh, little boy. And wow. that, that's, a big, that's a big impact on a young boy's life mm. that one of our coaches, who is a good role model, coming up to him and saying, yeah, he, he makes a, a big difference in his life. Mm. And that's where it starts, just getting them into these, these sessions, getting into these, these things, which I like the sport part aspect of it because of the health reasons as well. I think uh, so important, mm. so important. It's, it says a lot that um, he decided to pick <laughs> one of you as his role model, um, <laughs> uh, which, which is, is great. But I would say working with all different types of kids, um, has that made you change? Because obviously you've had to adapt to each child and their behavior. And what, what, what's, what's changed about you um, during this course of time? Mm, that's a big one because at first, when you first start coaching, when you say, oh, I'm gonna be a coach when I'm older, um, and then you get put in front of, you got your first session, you're being put in front of a group of seven, eight, nine-year-olds, and you think, oh, this is going to be easy. And it is anything but, anything but. Uh, you're used to kids your age when you're growing up, because that's who you know in school, kids your age. And um, you think what you do with your friends is going to work with those type of kids as well, mm -hmm. which is not the case. You've got to adapt and I think for me is just learning to adapt from my first session, being put in front of a few young kids and one of the kids running off and me thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Mm. <laughs> well, like, he's just run off. I've got these groups of kids here. What am I going to do? And, and it's just, I didn't know what to do. I panicked. Mm. And that is nothing to do with me knowing football. That's just me knowing how to deal with what's in front of me, what kid, group of kids are in front of me. And I think for me, it's just adapting, adapting. QPR was a big change for me. I only started that two years ago and it was just adapting to kids of, a, of good ability yeah. that come from a, a background, which, which is, a, so, some will say that they don't have the best opportunities as other areas. Mm. Um, so that has changed me. That's taught me to be a bit more uh, firm in sessions, maybe handle situations a bit more strict, um, but also knowing when to put an arm around the player um, and just being truthful with them. So it's, there's so many parts of football coaching that you learn all the time. I'm always learning, constantly learning. And it's not just about how to do a, a three ball pass or a step over or a flip flap or checking your shoulder. <laughs> it, it's just knowing how to maybe deal with a situation this player is not feeling great today or it, what's his emotional sides of what's going on maybe something at home maybe something's happened with his friends or things like that and it's just understanding the player as a whole and I think that's that's what's adapted me interesting so I guess, and I don't want to make an assumption. So I guess when you're having those football conversations with your friends and family, and they may be talking about a certain player that may be not necessarily um, at their best 
um, at the current time. Because you're a coach, do you see things a little bit differently compared to somebody like myself who is just really a supporter? And if they if the player's not doing well, I'm just having a go at them and I'm just automatically saying they're not trying their hardest. So do you mm. think slightly differently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one because um, I was actually speaking to one of my friends about this the other day and the amount of Premier League players that just get slagged off, uh, which obviously they train every day, they, they get the big money, they're going to take some sort of abuse because of that. But... Um, there are, there are levels. So people might say Walcott, for example, isn't great, but he's made it to the Premier League for a reason. And there's different aspects of, of someone's game that, you, that coaches will just look at over time. And we know at a coach's level where mistakes happen and you have to understand the mistake because if we don't understand the mistake, we can't correct them for the, for the, for the player. So we just need to know how to understand mistakes and just not really take it to heart. So if you see a striker not finishing or scoring goals uh, as much as he should, uh, we're not going to just be like, oh, he's not good enough. It might be a different part of his game. He might not even be a striker. He could be a right back. And that's the, that's the movement of players that just constantly thinking how you can get the best out of these players. Yeah. Um, I was actually taking a course in scouting um, online, you can actually do it online, and instantly, if you go to scout a player, a, a young kid, you'll be thinking, oh, which which kid is looking outstanding on the pitch, and it's from that course I learned that your scouting starts from when they arrive with their boot bag, what they're doing from there, for what they're doing on the touchline, are they helping putting up the nets, um, how do they interact with the other players? before the game even started. And this is big because when I go into academies, it's like you're walking into Canary Wharf in a <laughs> bank. The respect is actually crazy. You, mm. They're greeting everyone with a handshake. Well, not anymore, but uh, mm. the previous, before COVID, everything was a handshake. Everyone was polite. It, it, was, it was actually brilliant. So they want, the, they want the character. They want the personnel as much as the, the talent. So, yeah, you do see things differently. These are these are things that we wouldn't think about. <laughs> we just make an assumption that when a coach goes there, they go and look at the player. They're good enough. Okay, they're good enough. We'll take them. If they're not, okay, not. You don't think about the the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I to be honest, I thought the exact same thing, and it's only since I looked at that course and actually been inside academies that I've realised that you need to have the personnel, you need to have the, the player that's going to know about respect and things, or he's just not going to make it. He could have all the talent in the world, but if he doesn't know how to listen to his coach or doesn't care about taking things on board, he's, he's going to struggle to get, get further. Um, I guess one of the final questions is, um, how have you changed since taking the course? How has that helped you um, with your everyday um, activities? With the scouting course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that that's um, in terms of actually just seeing players in a different light, uh, that's that's helped me a lot. So now, currently, as our sessions uh, have stopped, we've taken a lot. We're allowed to do private sessions, so we've taken a lot of uh, private sessions on, and uh, it's good because it's one-to-one -one focus. You can actually use what you've learned in in courses 
um, a bit more effectively. And some say, I know it's a team sport, but it's just working on actual parts of someone's game. Yeah. One-to-one basis is, is absolutely brilliant because you can get so much out of that player in that one-hour session, which some say is too long. I think it's too short. Because mm. the amount of stuff you can get out of a, a kid who's willing to work is absolutely brilliant. And it's just even when a child first comes to the session, is um, you're looking at their body language. Yeah. So it's things that I wouldn't have thought about when I first started coaching. It is like if a kid is walking over instead of running over, like it, it, it sends a message to me straight away. Mm. And I'm already reading what I need to do into this session because if he's running over, he's fired up. If yeah. he's walking, mm, I had a late night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah, um, Dan, uh, I guess on behalf of myself and Edwin, we are just so, so, so thankful and very grateful for you to come on. But before you go, um, how can people get in contact with you? How can parents get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, we've got a website called www.firstgoal.co.uk. Our Instagram is at firstgoalfootball. Um, I've got my personal Insta, which is at coachdan.football as well. And you can get all the information from from our website, really, about us. Um, on my Instagram, I put a lot of stuff about all my coaching, not just first goal. Yep. Um, so, yeah, any of those channels would be brilliant. I guess they could ask you guys as well. <laughs> Absolutely. We all, we're definitely here for networking, so most definitely yeah. anyone that wants to know any of Dan's details, please get in touch with myself or Edwin. That'd be brilliant. Okay, guys, thank you. And Dan, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll have you on uh, definitely another time. Um, It was really, really insightful. And yeah, we just thank you. So until next time, guys, take care.